0: Okay. This is Victoria Schneps, publisher of Schneps Media, a group of 75 community news outlets in the New York City region. I'm delighted to bring you Power Women. Feel the power in our podcast coming to you from Schneps Broadcasting Studios, and you can hear us wherever podcasts are found. I'm delighted to tell you that the Power Women podcast is brought to you by Brookdale University Medical Center, part of the One Brooklyn Health Systems, the leader in health care in East Brooklyn. So I wanted to introduce today somebody who's very special to me, Susan Browning. Susan sits on the board of the Queen's Museum with me and has been a great asset to the museum. But in the real life of every day, she has achieved the success of being the executive director of Northwells Long Island Jewish in Forest Hills. Now did I say that name right Susan?
1: You did. Thank you Vicky.
0: Well, tell me a little bit Susan about growing up and where you grew up. I saw you grew up in Woodside, is that correct?
1: I did. I grew up in Woodside. I still have family and friends in Woodside. Um in probably a very traditional family for the time. Mom and dad with mom Uh, Up until the point that I was in my early teen years, Uh, mom stayed home full time, and dad went out to work, and I had two older brothers, and a grandmother who lived nearby walking distance, Um, and then another, uh, other grandparents who lived further away, but who I did see. So
0: how was it growing up in terms of inspiring you to go on to college? Uh, Did all your family go to college?
1: Uh, my father did um, he went to college. my my older brothers also went. Um, one became professional, um, and one was a small business owner who uh, did not really need the college after all. but I think he benefited from it regardless. Um, my I, I would say it was probably my maternal grandmother, though that from a female perspective. Um, really inspired me the most. Um, She had come here to this country in the 1920s. From where? um, From Russia. Okay. And in the 1930s, she earned a uh, master's degree from Columbia University.
0: Wow, that's true. And uh, did she speak the language?
1: She, She spoke English, yes. And she spoke also Russian, German, Yiddish, and French.
0: Oh, my. So she was a very learned woman. Mhm. Yes. And did you, you know, in terms of how a role model to have right there? Yeah. Did you have chance to be with her uh, during growing up years?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, she lived two blocks away from us, so we would go over to see her regularly and We always had Sunday morning breakfast with her.
0: See, I'm trying to figure that out, Susan. How I can convince my kids that they have to have a meal on the weekend with me? (laughs) I don't know if we could achieve that in this modern day. She cooked
1: pancakes, and we would roll out of bed when we got when we were even in the teenage years. So we didn't have to get up at the same time. It was whenever we woke up as teenagers. We had a set of keys, um, and we would just make our way over to Grandma's house, and there there was a batch of pancakes waiting for us. Oh
0: my. It's almost like something out of uh, I Love Beaver, you know, the kind yes. of family togetherness. And I think that core obviously influenced you as you went on in your journey.
1: Yes, it definitely did.
0: So you got a superb education. Where did you go to high school? Because getting from Woodside to Barnard is not an easy leap.
1: Um, I went to LaGuardia High School of Music and the Arts.
0: Oh, and what is it that your talent is? And
1: I, I played at that point. I don't anymore. But I played classical flute. Ah.
0: So were you in the school orchestra? I was, yes. Okay. So when you start applying to colleges, did you have in mind what you wanted to do?
1: I thought coming into Barnard um, that I would ultimately become pre-med and that I would ultimately be an uh, obstetrician-gynecologist. <laughs> um, I never went to pre-med. <laughs> um, I did major in biology. I loved the sciences. Um, but during my um, sophomore year, Of college, I wound up working at Mount Sinai Medical Center in Manhattan, and I met a number of the administrators there. And I just absolutely fell in love with administration.
0: Interesting. Was there a mentor there? Was there someone that you admired that helped you make that turn? Because that's an interesting turn.
1: um, Not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that there was a defined mentor, um, but I just liked the work that they were doing. At that point, of my, at that point of, in, in deciding what I wanted to do, I didn't have a mentor yet. Um, I did have a mentor once I came out and I began working full-time. I've had many, many mentors throughout my career.
0: So I know you got your master's degree also from Columbia, yes. the Mailman School of Public Health. Uh, what Was that sort of sealing it for you by getting that master's degree?
1: Absolutely. But I knew going into that, that I wanted at that point to be in the field of administration. I just, I wasn't really sure how I was going to break into it full time. Um, And I was at Mailman. I went to hear one of my professors uh, speak about uh, residency programs and fellowship training programs. And he, at that point, made up my mind that that's, that's how I was going to break into the field. And I was lucky enough to secure a fellowship training program at New York Methodist um, Hospital, which is now New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist. Yes. And I spent uh, just about eight years there at New York Methodist Hospital.
0: Was there a niche that you were developing within the hospital administration?
1: Uh, Well, I was in hospital operations and also began the development of the hospital's ambulatory care network.
0: Now, that seems to me to be a big responsibility for somebody right out of college.
1: Yes, it was.
0: And it's- I know you're about me. You're about five two, five three.
1: <laughs> oh, I think you're taller than me, Vicky. <laughs> but thank you very much. <laughs> but I
0: think, you know, sometimes um, you know, small people make big impacts. <laughs>
1: Well, again, I, you know, I had really, really great mentors, um, fabulous support, the team at the New York Methodist Hospital, many of whom have now retired, um, because this was back in the early to mid 1990s and they were already mid to late career at that point. Um, just an absolutely extraordinarily talented group of people. Um, so I was really surrounded, um, by excellence from that point. Uh, And very, very lucky to have worked with them.
0: So how'd you get the calling to Staten Island? That's a big leap across the river.
1: So I came to Northwell, or what was at that point North Shore LIJ, in 1998. Um, And I worked in um, ambulatory services of Northwell and then in the corporate operations. And then was here at Forest Hills in 2004 for a short amount of time. Mm. And then somebody um, that I knew, one of my uh, my colleagues um, from Northwell, who was working at Staten Island, needed help on a project, and I was asked to go out to Staten Island for about four weeks. And <laughs> at the end of the four weeks, he he being the CEO of of Staten Island University Hospital at the time, Anthony Ferreri, um, Mr. Ferrari asked me if I would stay on his team, and he wanted to create a role for me. Um, and so I stayed. So I was part of Northwell when I was out at Staten Island University Hospital. So, so I how long did you from, uh,
0: did you did you find that uh, you know you went from Park Slope to the heart of Staten Island because yeah. I think Staten Island to this day only has about two hospitals, so it's a very powerful uh, institution that's very important to the community. Yes. So, yeah, that's true. So how did you get to stay there in terms of? you know, being able to uh, create something there for them? What was the impact that you felt you had over there?
1: Um, It was, I thought it was an absolutely fabulous experience. And uh, again, the work that we did at the hospital, um, really, I was there during some very formative years of that hospital uh, in terms of development of program and integration with, uh, with Northwell Health. Um, Because we're changing at a governance level and we went from being uh, more loosely affiliated to being fully owned by the health system during my tenure um, and really developing many, many clinical programs. So it was, um, it was, I was there for seven years.
0: Oh, seven years. So then you made the leap back into this wonderful Forest Hills community and the hospital there also was getting a rebuild, a rebirthing, a rebuilding. Mm-hmm. So tell me about now you're there, you know, the, what is the latest? I mean, it seems every, every few months there's something new happening over at Forest Hills Hospital, uh, LIJ. Yes, there is, there is. And
1: so we've, um been here about three and a half years, and it's really about um, integrating now with our sister campus, LIJ, Medical Center in New Hyde Park. Um, We fully merged at a license level three years ago, so shortly after I got here, the two institutions merged, and we have been on a journey for the last three years uh, developing uh, integrated programs between the two campuses. And... um, developing and and rebuilding many parts of our facility here.
0: You know, I know that LIJ has become known with their women's campus and the Mm -hmm. children's hospital. Is there something that is a hospital in Forest Hills that you are looking to create a niche?
1: Um, There are. There are certain services that we certainly have defined expertise in and we are being recognized for them. Um, For example, we have just received the highest level of accreditation from the American College of Surgery. Congratulations. Thank you for our bariatric surgery program. Um, We are um, a lung cancer screening of excellence and have a um, thoracic surgeon now located here in Queens who's operating fully at LIJ Forest Hills, but is part of the broader LIJ Medical Center thoracic surgery team. So she always has backup if she needs backup, um, but she's here building the program in Queens. Um, We have a, um, we've also been designated um, by the Council of Excellence in Minimally Invasive Gynecologic Surgery as a center of excellence. Um, That was in December that we received that designation. I think you've Um, made
0: them shine. I think that your presence there has lifted their entire functioning in terms of the impact of the community. And as we finish a few minutes to go on the interview, I'd love you to share with me. How you would recommend, what would you recommend other women to do to make, I mean, you've climbed the ladder of success and being the executive director of this uh, important hospital is a huge accomplishment. What advice would you give people who listen into to our PAL women?
1: I would say stay aligned with what the needs of your organization are, uh, be flexible, uh, and help others along the way.
0: That's interesting when you say that, help others along the way. Do you have an example of what happened with you?
1: Um, Well, I like to think about it as as giving forward, giving back and giving forward. So I've had some extraordinary mentors who've helped me, and now I look at it as my responsibility um, in the industry is to help others.
0: Well, you know, that's, um, I think, a guiding light for all of us to remember to help others. It's almost the expression when the more you give, the more you get. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you seen that in your career, too? Very much so. So there's now the next chapter. Do you have a next chapter?
1: I don't know what it is yet. I'm not at the end of the book, and it's being written as we go.
0: Well, I hope that it keeps on being written, because I know that not only do you administer the hospital, but you get involved in the community. Is there some other organizations besides the Queen's Museum you've uh, taken under your wing?
1: Thank you. Yes, I'm also on the board of the Queen's Chamber of Commerce. Okay. I'm very active in that organization as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Because I think those are the things that we also find that the more we do in the community and people get to know us and they get to know the hospital, it's the same process, right? Yes, absolutely. So, so I think that that's been very helpful. In terms of what um, uh, you do for fun, is there something you do for fun?
1: Oh, spend time with my family, uh, read, bake. I like to go hiking. I uh, love to travel. Don't get away as much as I'd like to, but always enjoy when I do.
0: So what's the next agenda on your travel? What's what's the, what's the? let's say you've not necessarily made the reservation yet, but you'd like to go to?
1: Um, well, we're going to go, I'm going to be in Europe in July.
0: Okay. Any countries that particularly?
1: In France, Belgium, and the Netherlands.
0: Oh, beautiful. One's more beautiful than the next. A lot of history in those places. And yet you see it right in your own backyard, because right in Forest Hills, I think you see all the people that have come from those countries.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Queens is the most diverse county in the United States.
0: And I think for you being able to uh, really accommodate the people who are so uh, from different worlds, because I think, uh, don't you have a Shabbos elevator there, too, to accommodate the Orthodox community?
1: We do. We have a Shabbos door, we have a Shabbos elevator. Um, We recently put in um, what we call optical barriers, which is additional security at the front entrance of of the hospital, and we met with the chief rabbi of the Bukharian community in advance of installing that to assure uh, that we would be compliant with any Shabbos regulations of the community before we even installed that.
0: Well, I think being sensitive to the community is what uh, great success is built on, besides being so smart. There's nothing like a good education. Is that correct? (laughs) That is true. So I thank you so much for talking with me today on the Power Women podcast that can be heard on all forms of uh, wherever podcasts are heard, as well as our com. So thank you, Susan. Have a beautiful day.
1: Thank you. You too, Vicki. You're
0: welcome. Bye. bye bye Thank you for listening to the Power Women podcast, how the secrets of success can be yours. So tune in next time to the Power Women heard on all podcasting stations.